Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The National Basketball Association. The hosts would refer to it as the best league in sports. Bringing you the latest NBA news, updates, and opinions. It's time for Double Tech with Darrell H.B. Young and Christian Weber. Welcome into Double Tech. It is not with Darrell H.B. Young and Christian Weaver this week because Darrell H.B. Young is on vacation. I guess we could have had him call in and uh, give us a play-by-play of the beach, but we didn't. So I'm flying solo this week. I guess you could call it single tech. <laughs> not funny. Anyway, so this episode, we usually go through standings and everything like that, go through the big stories This week, we're going to go through all 30 teams, and I'm going to give you my opinion on every team off the cuff. I don't have any notes, just off the cuff. I have standings, and I have draft order, and that's what I'm going with. And I'm going to start in the Eastern Conference, and we're going to start from 1, go all the way down to 15, last team in the conference. So we're going to start with the Miami Heat. 47-26 and this year. I don't think anybody expected them to be as good as they are. I'm pretty sure we had them picked, you know, around four or so in the East, but they have exceeded expectations and they're 47 and 26. Tower Hero is six man of the year. Uh, PJ Tucker's brought some toughness to that team. Jimmy Butler and uh, Eric Spolster got into it last night, which is interesting, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. And, you know, Udonis Haslam uh, kind of mediated it and he said he'd, he'd beat Jimmy Butler up, but still don't think it's that big of a deal because, you know, they're grown men and they're playing a sport, so emotions ride high. They're six and four in their last ten. Got a one and a half game lead on Philadelphia. He was at second, forty-five and twenty-seven. Uh, of course, the big story, one of the biggest stories in the NBA this year, was the Ben Simmons debacle, and they ended up getting James Harden out of it. Which uh, Daryl Morey's a genius, apparently, and I'm a big dum dum. But uh, the James Harden experiment's working well so far. They all are. They are only six and four in their last ten, but. Uh, I would put a pretty decent amount of stock into them in the playoffs, you know, depending on their matchup. Uh, James Harden has a reputation as being a bad playoff performer when the stats would indicate that he's not. It's just that he performs really badly in the biggest stages, like Game 7s and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, overall, he's actually a pretty good playoff performer. Milwaukee is in third, 45-27. and 27. Also one and a half games back of Miami. This uh, The league this year is... I mean, it's pretty close. There's a lot of parity. I think there's about eight or nine teams that I would name a contender. Uh, I guess I can list those off for you uh, sometime later in the show. But uh, Milwaukee's getting hot at the right time. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. Brooke Lopez is back. He's took the starting job over from Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis took it in stride like a, like a true professional. And he said, you know, he's going to do what's right for the team. So he's going to go to the bench. Brooke Lopez provides maybe a little bit better rim protection at center than Bobby Portis. But Bobby Portis is still going to get his minutes and he's still going to get, you know, his stats. He was having a career year, though, I think averaging about 15 and 9. So it, it's really big of him to, you know, take that step down when he's having the best year of his career. Uh, next, we got the Boston Celtics at 4, 46, and 28. One and a half games back from first also. So one through four, all one and a half games back. Boston red hot, 9-1 and one in the last 10. The best team in the league since the new year. Jason Tatum is playing out of his mind. 
Jalen Brown's playing really well. Marcus Smart's playing well. I think a knock Jason Tatum had a lot in his career is that he couldn't pass the ball, but I think he, he's been a good passer these past two years. It's just he didn't really have anybody that could you know hit the shots when he passed it to him. Marcus Smart shoots below 40% from the field for his career, but he stepped up here recently. He's a much better passer, Marcus Smart, that is. And he, he's hitting some more shots lately. And, of course, he brings the good defense. But Jason Tatum uh, unfairly got a lot of the brunt of, you know, being a ball hog when he wasn't. And I don't think Jalen Brown is either. He's he's actually a willing passer, too. He just kind of the same thing with Jason Tatum. They didn't have anybody that could hit the shots. But Grant Williams has stepped up this year, and he's hitting shots. Al Horford's playing really well. I mean, he's like 500 years old, and he's, he's balling out of his mind. Robert Williams is maybe the most underrated center in the league. Uh, I mean, his stats don't jump off the page at you, but if you watch a game, the impact is just, I mean, it's off the charts. I think he may average like 11 points, nine rebounds or something like that, but he's, he's a stalwart on defense. He's He, he deserves to be in the uh, all-defensive team conversation. I don't know if he will be, but I think he deserves it. And he's a really underrated passer as well also. Uh, really good out of the short roll, sets a screen and rolls through the paint and passes out of it. Yeah, uh, I really like Boston, and I like their chances uh, advancing if the standings stay the same they are. Uh, you got Chicago at 5, 42, and 30. Uh, losers of three or seven of their last 10. Uh, Chicago has not been good at all recently. Uh, I don't know if Lonzo Ball makes that big of an effect, but they got Caruso back, Zach Levine's back, DeMar DeRozan's back, but and Vucevic has kind of struggled all year. They're just kind of falling apart, and their record against, I think, top three seeds in both conferences is 0-15 or something, or maybe top three seeds in just the Eastern Conference. So when you know those games come when they have to play the big dogs, Miami, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, um, they don't do well, and they get blown out. So uh, I'm not buying their stock. They had a good season, started off really good. I mean, DeMar DeRozan was an MVP candidate. I don't think he's quite there right now, but he's – He's still a good player. Uh, they got a lot of good players, but they're not trending the right direction. Cleveland, uh, one of the best stories of the year, uh, as HB likes to say, J.B. Bickerstaff. Uh, he deserves to be in the in the mention for Coach of the Year. I don't know if he'll get it. Uh, I think Monty Williams is, I mean, he's kind of solidified himself. I don't know if he'll get it, but I would probably put, put my vote for Monty Williams because he probably should have got it last year when Tom Thibodeau got it. And, you know, a lot of people were – Coming into this season, and they were saying the Suns and Bucks run was fraudulent because you know Kevin Durant got hurt in the Eastern Conference. Bucks came out, uh, not Kevin Durant. James Harden, Kyrie Irving weren't available. A lot of that, a lot of that series, and uh, Kevin Durant's feet was too big. That was the narrative. And then in the Western Conference, the Suns beat the Lakers, who were injured, and I think they beat the Nuggets, who were without Jamal Murray. Yeah, not the not the greatest playoff run, but I think. So far this year, the Suns have proved themselves as as the real deal, which, I mean, we'll get to them, of course. I'm supposed to be talking about Cleveland, so let's get back to Cleveland. Uh, J.B. Bickerstaff, coach of the year, possibly. 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They're not playing great, but Darius Garland has emerged as a, uh, I don't know if he's going to be a superstar. He may be like an offensive superstar because his defense isn't quite there to be a two-way guy, but um, he can he can really shoot, he can really score, Great passer. I mean, he's really took that next jump this year. And, of course, he has the perfect team built around him with Jared Allen at center, wide threat, Evan Mobley at power forward, who I think will be a superstar. Um, 
I may actually compare Evan Mobley, which I hate comparisons. It's not fair, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, Evan Mobley to Tim Duncan. And, you know, before you go too crazy, you know, Tim Duncan was great in his rookie season. He was. He was amazing. But also, I think he was three years older than Evan Mobley because he stayed at Wake Forest for a while to get his degree. Um, Evan Mobley's only 19 years old, I believe. Maybe he just turned 20. But, um, yeah, his potential's through the roof, and I think he'll end up being a better shooter than uh, Tim Duncan. And I'm not going to say he's going to be just as good at defense, but I think that he's a all-defensive uh, team caliber player, and maybe even as soon as this year, he's that good at defense. And also, he's showed some chops passing the ball as well. Isaac Coros took a huge jump here recently. I think in his last uh, 20 or so games, he's shooting over 40% from three in the corners, which is really all they need. I mean, coming out of college, that was a knock on him. He he couldn't shoot. Jared Allen, like I mentioned, is a lob threat. Wari Markinen, he's a he he really hasn't improved since his rookie season, but what he does bring is pretty valuable, and that, that lineup's kind of crazy because you got three seven-footers on the court at the same time. If you count Evan Mobley as being seven-foot, he may be 6'11", but, you know, we'll just say seven-foot. Uh, but Laurie Markin, he can he can shoot the ball, he can score a little bit, average about 14, 15 points a game. He, he's a good piece. Not somebody you're going to pay like a ton of money to, but uh, he's a good piece. Toronto Raptors at 740 and 32, 6 and 4 in their last 10. Fred Van Vliet's took a big jump this year. He was an all-star. Pascal Siakam was the biggest uh, snub, in my opinion. Really, really, really underrated season. And, you know, after Kawhi left, a lot of people expected that jump from Siakam because he was so crucial in their in their uh finals run, but uh he didn't quite take that big jump. But he he's he's playing really well this year and uh maybe one of the more underrated players in the league. Uh, overlooked, uh, sort of good nickname. I mean, uh, Spicy P. I guess that's okay. Scotty Barnes, one of my favorite rookies outside of uh, Evan Mobley. He was maybe my favorite prospect. Of course, you know I love Josh Giddy now, being an OKC fan. But Evan Mobley and uh, Scotty Barnes were my guys, and I wanted OKC to get one of those top four picks and be able to get Scotty Barnes. But we got we got Josh Giddy, and I'm I'm fine with that because he he looks good himself. Uh, and of course, Kate Cunningham's great, and we'll get to that in a minute. But um, Toronto, they started off pretty bad this season, but they they've rebounded and they're right in the thick of the play-in. Actually, just one game back of uh, Cleveland, 40, 40 wins to forty-one wins for Cleveland. Um, and then uh, we got Brooklyn at eight, thirty-eight and thirty-five. The big news, and also one of the bigger stories of the season, is um, of course this also ties in with Ben Simmons and James Harden, but uh, Kyrie Irving. Uh, the wall just passed that he will be able to play home games. So it really sucks for those teams that um, fought all season to get that one, two, or three seed, you know, de- or depending on where they fall. They're four games back at Cleveland, so Brooklyn's probably going to be in the play-in. Um, but that's not the team you want to face in the first round. Unsure if Ben Simmons is even going to play this year, but, you know, you get healthy Kyrie Irving, healthy Kevin Durant, and they're they're a problem. I think they combined for like 70 points last night in a loss, but um, not something you want to see the first round, and it really sucks for those teams like Miami, Philadelphia, who uh, who tried really hard this year, and Philadelphia was pretty admirable uh, playing without Ben Simmons and still being as good as they were. But it's possible that Brooklyn takes you know one of those in the in the first round if they get out of the play-in, which as it stands right now, they would be playing Charlotte in the play-in, 37 and 36. Charlotte is seven three in their last ten, but man, they're I can't put any like stock in them 
Uh, I don't know what it is. Of course, they're really fun to watch, and they got one of the best play-by-play guys in the league, Eric Collins. Loses his mind every highlight. We've mentioned him so many times on the show. I love him. Uh, I love Lamelo. Uh, I love Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges. Uh, if you, he's he's not a good rapper, um, but it's it's interesting. He's got that uh, standard uh, Detroit flow, which is off. He doesn't rhyme on you know on cue. His his he's off. Uh, he's off beat. His his rhymes are off beat. But it's interesting. He raps about you know. You know, the common things that people rap about, you know, gangbanging and stuff like that. But, uh, of course, he's not gangbanging because he's in the NBA. But I find it funny. It is funny. But, yeah, I can't put any stock in Charlotte because they just, they're so wishy-washy and that shows in the record 37 and 36. They really haven't had a major amount of injuries or anything like that, but they just, they can't. They're not consistent, and I think it's their defense isn't that good. They need a real big man. They traded for Montrez Harrell at the break, and Montrez Harrell, you know, he's great at what he does. He's an energy guy off the bench. He he can grab rebounds. He can score points, but he can't play defense. And they need somebody that can play defense at center, and they just don't have that. Atlanta Hawks, 10, 36, and 37. The biggest disappointment of the season, in my opinion. I think we had them picked in the top four as well, but they they have uh, monumentally disappointed us. They uh, they are not not good. Um, five and five in their last ten. They did make a little run after the uh, All Star break, but you never know. They get into the playoffs. You get Ice Trey, which Trey went off the other night. He should be arrested for elder abuse for breaking Taj Gibson's ankles. And I think he had like forty-seven points against the Knicks in that game. I mean, he just he really feeds off the negative energy that the Knicks give him, and he can really step up to the occasion. We saw it last year. He really, really stepped up to the occasion in the playoffs, and he was just playing out of his mind. So uh, I wouldn't put that past him. If they get to the play-in, of course, I think that they will. New York is five games behind them at 11th. But if it stands, they'll be facing Toronto in the first round of the play-in. And, of course, they would have to win two games as opposed to Toronto winning one. And Charlotte would have to win two games as opposed to Brooklyn winning one. Now we move into the teams that are most likely not going to make the playoffs, barring like a miracle. Uh, the New York Knicks, 31-42, and 6-4 and four in their last ten. They played a little better, but uh, they're also a disappointment. I think we had them falling a little bit this year. I may have had them like the eighth seed or something like that, but... I certainly didn't expect them to miss the playoffs. I think the Tom Thibodeau effect is in full swing. I've always, I guess I've always been a Tom Thibodeau hater. I, I acknowledge that, you know, he can really turn the uh, organization around in just one year. But after that one year, it seems like things go sour more often than not. Then next, we got the Washington Wizards at 30 and 41. I really can't tell you what the Washington Wizards are doing. They're 2 and 8 in their last 10. I can't tell you what their direction is. I mean, Bradley Bill, what's he going to do? I understand that Bradley Bill is pretty much the only star you have, um, unless you count Kishraps Brzingis, which I don't. I mean, he's a name. I wouldn't say he's a star. I think it's been time, and it's been time for a while, to just blow it up and trade Bradley Bill, which the rumors were that Bradley Bill may want to end up in Miami, but we'll see how that works out. He's been a, he's been the Damian Lillard of the East there for a while. He's loyal to the soil. Sounds like something Damian Lillard would say. But, um, yeah, they're they're without direction, it seems. They do have some interesting young pieces. I like Rui Hachimura. Uh, there's something about him. I think he can be a good player. Denny Abdia, he shows really, really good flashes. I don't know if he'll ever be like an all-star or anything, but he, he's a solid player. And then uh, Daniel Gafford, it seems like he would get more minutes. 
I really don't understand why he doesn't, but uh, he doesn't. He brings good energy, and of course, he's a good defensive big man, as uh, Arkansas fans know. Uh, next up, we've got the Indiana Pacers, uh, 25 and 48, 13th seed in the East. They're four and six in their last 10. I kind of like what Indiana's doing. I mean, I've been saying they need to blow it up there, there for a while, but um, they traded Sabonis and they got Tyrese Halberton, who could possibly be, you know, their franchise player here in a few years. I think he could be in a all-NBA caliber guy. He's a very good player. Um, they actually have a better record than Sacramento in the last 10 games, which is funny. Seems like everyone, which we've mentioned a few times, everyone knew but Sacramento that that was a bad trade, but they did it anyway. I like Miles Turner. Sabonis is a better offensive player than Miles Turner, but Miles Turner, I think, makes it up on defense, and I think that he has a lot of potential. He just, uh, he's not really playing a whole lot here recently, and they're trying to tank, of course. But, um, They've had some funny uh, possessions at the end of end of uh, games here recently. They've like dribbled off their foot and stuff like that. I was like, are they doing that on purpose? I think that they may. But um, Miles Turner's got some upside that I really like. I think he can stretch the floor. I went on record saying I think that he may have. It may be easier to trade Miles Turner than it was Demonis Sabonis, which at least I thought. I mean, they got Tyrese Halbert in return, so I don't think they're getting anything as good as Tyrese Halbert, but. Before that trade, I, I I did think that uh, he would be an easier move just because he fits with other teams so well. I mean, every team wants a guy that can protect the realm and shoot the three-pointer and finish inside and everything. I mean, he's a very modern big man. I like him. Next up, we got Detroit at 14. Already been eliminated to the playoffs, as have, you know, the Indiana Pacers and the Orlando Magic. Those are the three teams that have been eliminated from the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Detroit 20-53, and 4-6 and six in their last hand. Kate Cunningham's been really good from the All-Star break. I think he's kind of putting his name in that, but, I mean, Evan Mobley's probably wrapped it up at this point. Kate Cunningham's a good a good building piece, and Sadiq Bey's really good, I think. I don't know. I don't think he'll ever be an All-Star caliber player, but he can, he can give you probably, you know, 18 a night, nine boards or something like that, and stretch the floor really well. Uh, he had a 51-point game on the first night of March Madness, which, you know, Nobody was watching. It was the only game that night, and it was Detroit versus Orlando, two of the worst teams in the league. But um, he went off on that night where nobody was watching. Detroit, in my opinion, you know, they're going to have one of the top picks in the draft. I think it'd be, it would be smart for them to go big man, and I'm pretty sure that they will, you know, as long as they don't fall outside of the top four. The top three picks are pretty clearly Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, Paulo Benchero. Any of those any of those players would fit on the Detroit Pistons. I mean, they just need talent at this point, but also the positional fit works for them. Uh, I think uh, Chet Holmgren and Paulo Benchero probably fit a little bit better than Jabari Smith, but because they're traditional big men. Well, Paulo is probably a power forward, and Chet is probably a power forward also, but uh, they can play some play some center too. Um, next, we got the Orlando Magic at twenty and fifty four. Uh, they played my OKC Thunder last night, and it was a tank-off to end all tank-offs. Uh, unfortunately, my OKC Thunder prevailed in that game, and it worsened our lottery odds. Uh, that's pretty much all we're playing for this season. I mean, SGA, uh, it, it's kind of it's sketchy, which I understand it. Um, you want a high pick in this draft, and if you don't get a high pick in this draft, then you kind of wasted this year. Uh, SGA will sit games that, you know, it appears that the Thunder have a chance to win and then he'll play games like against the Celtics where you, you're probably not going to win. So I, I don't know if he's actually injured or if they're just saying, yeah, we have a chance to win tonight, so we're not going to play you. But he didn't play against Orlando. And unfortunately, Trey Mann went off and Vic Kretschke, people that, you know, the common NBA fan has never heard of. I mean, just going off against the Orlando Magic. But 
Orlando Magic, they got some interesting pieces. They got way too many guards. I like Cole Anthony. They got RJ Hampton, who's hurt a little bit. Markel Fultz has been pretty solid in his return, about as good as you can expect. Uh, Jonathan Isaac hasn't played in 5,000 years. Uh, he's an interesting cat. Uh, I kind of like his game. I think he could be a defensive player of the year type player, if he ever plays. But uh, off the court, he's uh, he's interesting, I will say. Uh, that's about as far as I'll go on that. But um, Orlando's a team that they got just a log jam at guard, and it seems like they got maybe too many centers as well. Maybe too many wings. It's just like these, uh, all their selections aren't, you know, that star caliber player. Uh, Mo Bamba or Wendell Carter Jr., which one are you going to select? Uh, I'd probably select Wendell Carter Jr., even though I think, um, I think there's something there with Mo Bamba. In the upcoming draft, of course, they'll be top three, and you know, unless they get cursed by the water gods. Any of those three picks that I mentioned, Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, Paul Avenchero will be good for them. Even Jay Navi, if they fall out, uh, will be good. Any any player that's actually good will be good for a team that's not good. That's that's pretty much fair. So uh, that'll wrap up the Eastern Conference, and uh, we'll go ahead and take our first break. I'll come back and may take a little bit longer on the Western Conference. Uh, of course, I'm more tuned in with the Western Conference. I'm tuned in with the whole NBA, but uh, my OKC Thunder playing the Western Conference, and I like watching the Timberwolves a lot, and I like watching a lot of these teams a lot, so I'll have a little more input on those, and I may have to break them up in a couple of segments. But uh, we'll be right back on Double Tech with just me, Christian Weaver. Double tech with Christian Weaver back again. Uh, all Denzel Curry, all show. He's got a new album coming out tomorrow. I'm pretty excited for. Uh, I think Denzel Curry's probably, uh, I would say, maybe the most underrated rapper currently going. And of course, I'm a. I grew up on rock music. I like uh, bands like, you know, like Monster Flames, Architects, uh, a, a Day to Remember, Bring Me the Horizon, stuff people would call screamo. Um, and I, I appreciate uh, Denzel Curry because he is a very aggressive rapper, and I, I like that. Even though I'm not an aggressive person at all, I'm actually the most chill person in the world. I hardly ever get mad at anything, but uh, I like aggressive music, which is kind of funny. But if you like uh, rock music and you you don't even like rap. I mean, you can get into Denzel Curry, in my opinion. I would, I would check him out. Now on to what people come here for, uh, NBA analysis. So we'll move on to the Western Conference, and we'll start up top with the Phoenix Suns, who have uh, clinched their seed, the number one seed in the Western Conference, 59-14. and 14. Talked about them when we were talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers. We may have talked about them more than we talked about the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is kind of funny. But they're just a machine. I mean, 8-2 and two in their last 10. It definitely wasn't a fraud last year. Devin Booker... Some people say he would be in the MVP conversation. I wouldn't. Uh, he's very good, of course. Uh, Chris Paul has been missing time, and they're staying afloat. I mean, they're thriving without Chris Paul, 8-2 and two in their uh, last 10, like I said. They actually get more assists per game when Chris Paul doesn't play, but I think that, that that's not an indictment on Chris Paul. It's just uh, Chris Paul dominates the ball kind of quite a bit. It, it works out for him. Uh, JaVale McGee having quietly one of the uh, – one of the uh, best backup big man seasons of all time. Not even a joking. He's he's legitimately really good. His per 36 numbers are probably off the charts. But yeah, Phoenix Suns, really good. 
I don't I don't really have to talk about them that much more. If you watch the NBA, of course you know that they're really good. Uh, the one of the big surprises of the season, Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies at number two, fifty and twenty three, got their fiftieth uh, win last night, seven and three in their last ten. John Morant is of course incredible, but also the Grizzlies are fifteen and two when he doesn't play, which is surprising. It's actually just a, a really good team. I'm Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., Stephen Adams has been really good at center. Uh, Dylan Brooks is a really good defender. Uh, even their bench, like guys like DeAnthony Melton, they're solid. Uh, John Conchcar has played uh, pretty well. I mean, they're they're a pretty good deep team. Uh, Brent, even Brandon Clark is good. I, I really liked him coming out of the draft out of Gonzaga. He hasn't quite been as good as I thought he would be, but he's he's a really good energy guy. Moving on to a team that is struggling, the Golden State Warriors in third at forty eight and twenty five. Uh, they're five and five in their last ten. Uh, Steph Curry's hurt. Jordan Poole's been a revelation this season, though, and I, I predicted he'd take this big jump, but I, even I didn't see, you know, the jump that he was taking. They have a pretty solid roster overall. Andrew Wiggins has been kind of abysmal ever since the All-Star break. At, at one point, I think he was shooting like 20% from free throw line or something. It was something outrageous. But uh, they got Draymond Green back now. They just need to get Steph Curry back, and maybe they can get it going again. They got two rookies, Jonathan Kaminga who has a fun nickname that I'm not going to say, and Moses Moody from Arkansas. Moses Moody's got a little more run here recently, and he's he's been pretty good. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, he's been outstanding when he gets good minutes. I think he may have uh, all-star potential later down the line. Moving on, we're going to go to the Utah Jazz at 4th, 45-28, and 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Of course, the biggest question mark with Utah is, can they actually do something in the playoffs? Will Rudy Gobert get taken advantage again for the 500th time in the playoffs? As it stands right now, they would be facing Dallas, and uh, I would not like their chances in that one. Even though Donovan Mitchell has been very good in the playoffs, it's it's just not not good. Moving on to Dallas, who's been really good since the NBA All Star break, forty five and twenty eight overall, fifth seed, seven and three in their last ten. Spencer Dinwiddie, when they traded. Kitstraps Porzingis for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. I was like, what in the world are they doing? And I didn't even think Kitstraps Porzingis was, you know, great. And he's never available. But Spencer Dinwiddie was garbage for the Wizards. Like, actual garbage. And then Davis Bertans, he, he's still not good. But, um, and he's on a bad contract. Spencer Dinwiddie's uh, contract actually looks fairly good with the way he's playing right now. I think uh, in the last 10 games or so, he's probably averaging 17 points on 50 and 40. And he's even got the Mavericks some wins when Doncic has been sitting. So uh, that's been, I mean, that's probably been one of the better moves of the NBA trade deadline. Of course, uh, James Harden, Ben Simmons is going to get all the headlines, as it probably should. Uh, six, we got the Denver Nuggets, 43-30. and 30. Uh, Six and four in their last ten. Nikola Jokic is ridiculous. Bones Highland has really come on, rookie, out of VCU, offensive spark plug. A word on the street is Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. may be back for the playoffs, which, you know, could be dangerous depending on how good they are when they come back. If Jamal Murray, I, I kind of doubt either one or 100%. But if, you know, one of them is uh, 100% and the other one's, you know, 50%, they could uh, they could give Golden State some problems. I can tell you that. Uh, seventh, we got the Minnesota Timberwolves, 42-32, and 7-3 in their last 10. One of the better teams from the All-Star break also. Uh, I think actually the best team since the All-Star break. I love the Minnesota Timberwolves. I love watching them play. Uh, I think one of the more important things they did this offseason was bring in Pat Bev, which sounds crazy because I'm a Pat Bev hater, but he has brought the dog out of Cat. Carl Anthony Towns, that is. Dog out of the Cat, get it? Cat has been playing with some aggressiveness, 
with more aggressiveness than uh, he ever has before. I, I really like that. And uh, he's been talking a lot of trash. And, of course, when Russell Westbrook airballed last week, uh, he was looking around, looking if seeing if somebody uh, left a window open or something. But uh, he's been he's been uh, talking some trash all season. I kind of like it. I'm a big uh, Carl Anthony Towns guy, and I, I really like the Timberwolves. D-Lo D- has been underrated this season. Counting stats are down, but uh, he's actually been really, really good on defense, which has always been the knock on him. Naz Reed's one of the better backup big men in the league. Uh, one of the best, right up there with JaVale McGee, probably. Malik Beasley, big spark plug off the bench, can give you a 20 any given night. Always got the green light. Guy has a really nice-looking jump shot. Jared Vanderbilt may be one of my favorite players in the NBA. If there was such a thing as all-role player team, uh, he would make it. He does basically anything that you would want out of a role player. He grabs boards. He grabs eight a game. He grabs... Here, he scores six points a game. Not anything amazing counting stats-wise, but if you watch a game, he just has such an impact. It has a motor that never stops, and he plays great defense, and he hustles 100% of the time that he's out there. He's just really fun to watch. The Timberwolves are the seventh seed. Like I mentioned, they would be in the play-in, but they're currently only one game back of the Denver Nuggets, one and a half games back. Watch out for them if they get you know, the seventh seed and they play Memphis because I'm fairly certain that Minnesota could take them. Memphis is good also, but uh, Minnesota's not going to be an easy out for anybody, so keep an eye on them. Eight, we got the LA Clippers, 36-38, and 3-7 and seven in their last 10, which is good for me because I'm an OKC Thunder fan and... The more they lose, the better my fandom is because we own their pick. So they can lose the rest of the games this year if they want to and give us a higher pick, and we can use that pick on a player, or we can package it and get something else. Uh, Just keep losing. But L.A. Clippers, I mean, this season's pretty much a wash. Uh, This season's pretty much a wash. I mean, Kawhi Leonard got hurt. Uh, Paul George got hurt. You didn't have either one of them most of the season. It's pretty admirable that you're 36-38 and despite that. The team just uh, wasn't built to make any kind of playoff damage without those two. But you're, it's admirable for even making the play-in, which you're going to. And next up, we got the L.A. Lakers at 9, which we will stop right there because Darrell H.B. Young is not here this week, and that is his team, and uh, I can go off on him if I want to. So, uh, hope you're listening, H.B. Back on Double Tech, Christian flying solo this week. Darrell is at the beach. We're at the Coca-Cola factory, wherever he is now. Hope he's having a good time. But now it's time to talk about his Los Angeles Lakers. And what a dumpster fire. I mean, come into the season and you're expected to be a, you know, a title contender. And you're just not. And I, I you know, it's hard to place blame um, is it Legium? I, I don't know. I don't really think it is. It's probably more on Rob Palenka, but even on paper, uh, the Lakers looked like a good team. You know, of course, uh, we had our doubts about if Russell Westbrook would work, but we kind of figured it would. Um, but it, it hasn't for most of the season. LeBron's going off. He's getting his stats and he's enjoying playing, which, which is good. Um, but they're losing games. Anthony Davis has been in and out of the lineup, which he's supposed to be back before the playoffs, which 
the Lakers aren't necessarily you know locked in at. They're uh, just two games ahead of San Antonio in the 11th seed. Lakers are the 9th seed. Um, the three and seven in their last ten. Although I do think they have been playing better as of late. Uh, Russell Westbrook is actually playing pretty well in his last three games. I think he's averaging 22 points, and he's not turning the ball over 3,000 times. So that's a bonus. Um, if they get Anthony Davis back, I'm not saying they're gonna like, you know, make a run or something like that. But they can, they can, you know, maybe make a play-in game interesting, or maybe win a play-in game, and maybe steal one or two from uh, Phoenix and/or Memphis. I, I don't think I don't see them winning any series. They may not even win a game in a series, but you get LeBron and maybe AD's healthy. Uh, you never know what can happen. Um, next up, we got the New Orleans Pelicans at 30-42. and 42, Four and six in their last ten. There, after the CJ McCollum trade, they had played pretty well for a little bit, but they kind of fell off. Uh, Zion is not going to play the rest of the season. That's already been put out. He did have a video come out um, a couple days ago, and he was jumping and doing a between-the-legs dunk, which is impressive. Uh, I hope Zion can stay, uh, when he comes back, he can stay healthy and show or remind everybody that he is a very good player. I mean, just last year he was averaging 27 points on 60% from the field. Um, just insane numbers for you know a 21-year-old. I-, I hope he can stay healthy the rest of his career, although his physique does not bode well for that. Pelicans also have a really good rookie, Herb Jones. I mean, he doesn't like put any amazing stats up on his uh, per game averages but he's very solid and he's much better than I expected him to be he's the guy that won a SEC player of the year over Moses Moody when he was averaging you know something that definitely wasn't as good as Moses Moody but uh so far this rookie season he's really proved me wrong and the knock on him coming in was that he can't shoot and he's knocking him down this year so props to him then at 11 we got the San Antonio Spurs at 29 and 44 Five and five in their last ten. Winners of two straight, though. Uh, I really like Dejounte Murray. I've I've talked about him at length on this show multiple times. I really like Keldon Johnson. I think he's a guy at some point in his career he can average twenty points, seven rebounds, and uh, he's a sniper this year. I'm pretty sure he's averaging over forty percent from three, so on a pretty good amount of attempts. So uh, props to him also. Jakob Pertl, and I've said this multiple times this show, but. He's one of the more underrated uh, players in the league. Very good center, defensive guy, and he has a uh, NBA version of Wordle named after him, Pirtle, because of course it rhymes with Pirtle. NFL has Weddle. But back to basketball, Pirtle's underrated. He's probably a top ten big in the league this year. Twelfth, uh, we got the Portland Trailblazers, who are tanking out of their mind. Uh, Damian Willard, of course, is out for the season. Uh, C.J. McCollum got traded to. The New Orleans Pelicans at the deadline. Some of these Trailblazers lineups look like the Process Sixers. Like, maybe the Process Sixers could beat them. That's what they look like. I do like some of their players, though. Trendon Wofford, I really liked him coming out of LSU. He's a guy that's a jack-of-all-trades. He can do a little bit of everything, although he's not amazing at any one thing. Anthony Simons, of course, broke out. He's not really playing anymore either because, well, they want to lose games. Uh, get a high pick as you can. They'll get two fairly decent picks in the upcoming draft because they own the Pelicans pick from that CJ McCollum trade. Currently they sit at 7th in the draft and ninth in the draft. Pelicans are the ninth one. Uh, I think, you know, you know best player available when you're the Trailblazers and honestly they should be tearing it down and try to trade Dame but I don't think that's going to happen and Dame's too loyal. Always loyal. He always says it over and over and over and over again but um, 
I think that they could go, you know, maybe Keegan Murray at seven and somebody like Tari Eason or Benedict Matherin at nine, depending if they're there, of course. Um, those would those would be good picks. But then we move on to the Sacramento Kings, which we mentioned earlier when we were talking about the Indiana Pacers and them losing that deal because they got Sabonis in, in, uh, in return for Tyrese Halberton and Buddy Hield. Um Like I mentioned, the Pacers have a better record than them since then. Uh, they're 26 and 48. It's just a very short-sighted move, which isn't even working out in the short-sighted. Uh, they wanted to kind of push for the play-in, and I don't think that's going to happen. And then, you know, they won't have Tyrese Halberton for the next uh, pretty much seven years. And uh, Devonta Sabonis can leave in the next two years. Even if he stays, he's he's probably not going to be uh, reach the level that Tyrese Halberton did. Um, just Sacramento being Sacramento, they always find a way to screw it up. Uh, they do have a fairly high pick, of course, because they suck. Um, got sixth overall. I mean, uh, maybe A.J. Griffin falls to you there. Keegan Murray could work, although Keegan Murray may not be a great fit next to Sabonis because they're both actually power forwards. Not and Sabonis is not a center. Um, you know, Benedict Matherin, Tari Eason, they they really need shooting, so A.J. Griffin would probably be the be the best one because he, despite having a a, a strange a strange shooting form. It's kind of a set shot, and he's a he's like six seven, so it looks kind of funny. But it goes in, and it goes in a lot. So not gonna necessarily knock it if it's going in. But uh, yeah, I would pick AJ Griffin if he's available for them. Um, next up, we got the Oklahoma City Thunder at twenty one and fifty two, one and nine in their last ten. We're trying to lose games, but the Orlando Magic out tried us last night. Uh, hoping. Right now, we're at the uh, fourth overall pick, which would be Jay Navi. Pretty much, he's gonna, he's most likely not going to go top three, and he will be the fourth pick. Pretty much, no matter who has the uh, has the pick, uh, I would really love to get in the top three and get possibly number one and get Chet Holmgren because he's my favorite prospect in the draft, followed by Paulo Benchero. A lot of uh, SEC fans would say Jabari Smith is the number one pick in the draft, but I think that Chet Holmgren and Paulo Benchero are both better than him. SGA is, of course, really good. The future's pretty bright. Trey Mann is, like, he's really come on after the All-Star break. He's been very good. Wu Dort, you know, out for season, but he's good. Uh, the future looks bright. We got a lot of picks, and uh, just keep getting better. 15th, got the Houston Rockets, 18-55. and 55. They suck, although there's some, there's some bright spots. I like some of their young players. I mean, they got guys like KBJ, who I'm not sure will ever reach his actual potential. He's He's got so much potential, but I hate to say it, he may be kind of a head case. He's... He got pretty much he was a cast off of the Cavs because of some some strange things going on. And um, he's had some he's had some incidents with the Rockets, too. But he, he's he's very talented. And I hope he figures it out. Um, Jalen Green's been playing really good since the All-Star break. Turns out uh, he's not a bust. A lot of people that thought maybe he was a bust uh, because he played really badly in his rookie year. But that's not the case. Uh, Alperin Shingun, uh, one of my favorite players from the past draft. I wanted OKC to pick him, but uh, they didn't. Unfortunately, they didn't. He's he's a modern big, although he's not that great at shooting. He can pass. He can kind of handle the ball. He can play a little bit of defense. Uh, modern big, very good. And then um, after that, you know, you got Christian Wood, who's already established, and apparently Rockets fans don't like him. I don't understand why. He's actually pretty good. Um, best player on their team, although he's not going to be the best player on their team, which uh, Jalen Green reaches his prime probably, but um, he's – currently is uh i wouldn't get rid of him i'd keep a hold of him and uh you know like 
pretty much everyone else. If you get number one, you probably draft Chet Holmgren, and uh, if you get number two, you probably draft Paulo Benchero, and if not, then uh, you're going to get Jabari Smith. And even Jay Nivey may work out for them because uh, maybe they move KPJ, which I wouldn't, or maybe Jalen Green slides down to the uh, small forward or something like that. But uh, sort of bright future, although it all hin uh, hinges on picks pretty much, which kind of like the OKC Thunder, although I think OKC has a few more established players. But that'll wrap up this segment. When we come back, I'll wrap up the show, and uh, that'll be it. This is the rap of Aquarius. I am no black metal terrorist. Ain't no comparison. Humanitarian. I'm a veteran better than anyone comprehend. Snacking the grass got the cover head. Double tech back with Christian Weaver. You know, props off to uh, guys that can really do it. Do the whole show on their own. Guys like, you know, Jim Rome, uh, even our own Bill Vickery. Uh, this is tough, and it's also not as fun. Uh, I really enjoy having Darrell here and uh, goofing off with him, but um, I figured, you know, this would be a challenge, and I could I could possibly get it done by myself, but uh, we'll move on to uh, alley-oops and flagrant fouls, and then we'll get out of here. Alley-oops and flagrant fouls. All right, I'm going to give an alley-oop to DeAndre Ayton, who, against the Timberwolves, went for 35 points and 14 rebounds, 15 of 24 from the field. Um, I'm pretty sure he's going to get his money that he didn't get this past offseason if the Suns are smart, which I, they sometimes are. Um, and then I'm going to give one to the Suns as a whole because Chris Paul is returning tonight, supposedly, so that is good for them. They can get their chemistry back together. Not that it was ever torn apart, but they can get it back together before the... Uh, before the playoffs get here. And then we got Eric Spolstra, who I will give a alley-oop to because he had a funny response to uh, Jimmy Butler and him getting into it. And he said, you know, they were arguing about where they were going to eat after the game or something like that. And it, it was funny, and he handled it pretty well. And Eric Spolstra, uh, one of the best coaches of all time. Uh, props to him. And then uh, flagrant foul, I'm going to give it to NBA Media, more specifically ESPN. Um... If you haven't noticed, Stephen A. Smith is, I mean, he's pretty awful, but he has Mad Dog on, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, who you may know from uh, doing radio in New York or on MLB Network. And every time he comes on, it's just something ridiculous. I mean, they debated this week, John ja Morant versus Elvis Presley. Like, who's more important to the city of Memphis? It's like, why are we doing this? And of course, Mad Dog Russo probably picked Elvis. I don't know. I didn't I didn't want to lose any brain cells uh, watching it. And it doesn't stop there because uh, he was on another time and he was arguing the top five teams of all time and none of the teams were after the, the year 1986. The last team was... Uh, the 1985-1986 Celtics, I believe, which was a really good team, of course, probably top five team of all time. But then you uh, got to think about not a single Michael Jordan team was on there, not a single three-peat Lakers team, not Kevin Durant Warriors. I mean, they left out some pretty heavy hitters on there, and they had like 67 Philadelphia Warriors or something like that, Philadelphia 76ers, whatever they were at the time, which of course had Wilt Chamberlain on the team, but still... Um, I'm going to take the three-peat Lakers or Kevin Durant's Warriors over them. And, you know, of course, Chicago Bulls. And then uh, Max Kellerman was naming his top five point guards in the league. And he said, well, Bron James was the best point guard in the league, which he's he's not a point guard this year. He did play point guard one of those years. But um, 
He uh, He's not this year. Uh, John Morant was number two over Luka Doncic, which is silly because Luka Doncic is better than John Morant. Uh, that may hurt some uh, Memphis Grizzlies fans, but uh, Luka Doncic is better than him. Uh, Stephen Curry was four, and Chris Paul was five, which Stephen Curry is injured, and he did struggle for most of the season, so I don't have a ton of ton of flack over that one, but Stephen Curry is, of course, all-time better than the people ahead of him, uh, other than LeBron James, who shouldn't even be on the list. And then uh, Chris Paul, which, I mean, when he's healthy, he's obviously one of the better point guards in the league. It's just not a not a great list, because Luka is better than John Morant, and LeBron James doesn't even play point guard. Um, that will be it for Double Tech this week. It was, it was tough. I, I respect... I respect all the people that do this on their own, but uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And join us next week when Darrell H.B. Young will be back, and it will be Double Tech with Christian Weaver and Darrell H.B. Young. Lord, I'm going to need some help. I just want to feel myself. You want me to kill myself.